0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Wild Wild Will, the Will Smith podcast We're breaking down all of his movies. I'm Mark, we got Lily, and Eric here, and we're back after kind of like a week hiatus because we had to cut in with a night cruising podcast where we went through all the Tom Cruise movies because of um, Top Gun Maverick, which destroyed, right? Like, it made so oh, much yeah. fucking money. Dude.
1: You got to hand it to Tom Cruise. That is four decades of number ones. Eighties, nineties, aughts. What are we in the twenties? I don't fucking know. But like every single decade for four decades, he has had a number one blockbuster. And it's like that's fucking impressive. I'm I'm jealous that I didn't get to see it. So I'm excited when we can all finally like watch it out back or something. Because I don't know it just it seemed like it slapped
2: yeah i i still love it it's been a week or two since we saw it and i'm still kind of um rolling in my um his slop yeah <laughs> his yeah. pigsty
1: you know what i just you gotta give it to tom cruise because he was like listen people are a nostalgia kick people want something that they know They're comfortable with what they love. And so he's just like, here's Top Gun. Here's a fucking another Mission Impossible. And it's like, fuck yeah, dude. Like at this point, does anyone want to take a chance on going seeing like an obscure Tom Cruise movie, like an eyes wide Shut? Like obviously it would be good, but just like, it's just so smart to be like, people are so nostalgic in these times. So let's lean into it.
2: Can I make a prediction? I don't think I'm going to enjoy the new Mission Impossible's as much as I enjoyed this recent Top Gun. And I say that for the same complaints. And if anyone wants to hear these complaints, go on to the Patreon and listen to all of our Tom Cruise podcasts. But they had been saying he was going to do like a bunch of stunts in these, in this new mission impossible. He has this thing where he's like on a motorcycle and he like drives it off a mountain. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I think that's like the end of the trailer. We watched the trailer on the last episode. So at the end of the trailer, he drives off a mountain and then maybe he parachutes and stuff. Apparently he did that for real. Yeah. And it's full of CGI already. Like Again, remember Dubai? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So They now- made that
1: mistake already where like he did the Dubai scene and it was a dope scene, but they just put all this like weird CGI in it. And it just like took away from the actual stunt.
2: Wait, was it no Dubai? Dubai was the good one where he's uh-uh. on the side, when he's on the side of the building.
1: No, when he's like in the air and he jumps out of a plane and like an electrical storm. That's in Dubai. It's the one, with, um, the one with um Superman.
2: That might have been London though that they were coming. Oh, maybe. I forget wherever the fuck they were. Yeah, but were- that
1: scene sucked. Where he's like all of a sudden he's in like an electrical storm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like Marta's the guy. And I was getting the same vibes of this. Also, he did like a bunch of train stunts in this new one, like on an old timey train and in the trailer. It kind of looks CGI. And I'm like, that's why I enjoy Top Gun so much. I don't like it just felt so real for the most
0: part. I, I watched some footage yeah. of an actual Navy pilot like some mm. young dude that just put a GoPro in the cockpit mm-hmm. and and like kind of like Top Gun style where you're like staring straight at his face. Mm-hmm. And he did one of those crazy maneuvers where he like um just like shot up in the air real fast and had yeah. like all the G's against him. Like legit, those guys are the coolest people on the planet yeah. Yeah. doing that shit. You should enlist yeah. into the Navy, everybody. I think yes. that's
1: what works about like plane stunts is that There are people who, like, actually do it. So you're like, holy shit. There are, like, people out in the world, stunt doubles, who are really doing this shit, as opposed to, like, I don't know, how many fucking train hoppers are there out there?
0: All the the hobos.
1: You know, people, like, climbing up the side of, like, Dubai. It's like, (laughs) my guy, I can see you. I don't know. And also, I think uh, Mission Impossible movies just, like, aren't
0: that good. Here's the fucking thing. This is how... Good Tom Cruise is—he's sneaking into the Will Smith podcast.
2: Well, it's a good segue. Here's We're going to talk the thing. About Tom we can Cruise tie a this lot. in. We
1: can tie yeah. this in.
2: We're gonna be talking about Tom Cruise about
1: him a lot. was originally signed on for this role.
2: Oh lord!
1: But he had to eventually give it up because he was still fucking filming Eyes Wide Shut. Remember, Eyes Wide Shut took forever to fucking film. But he, with his boy Tony Scott was supposed to be in this. And Sean Connery was supposed to be um,
0: like main bad guy. Uh,
1: Yeah. It was supposed to be Gene Hackman.
0: God damn. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, this is, I think it's a good parallel of like, why is Tom Cruise successful? Why is Will Smith successful? They're going for like the same type of roles. I'll say this. I hope you guys don't think I'm like jumping the gun. I think this was more of a Tom Cruise wheelhouse movie than Will Smith.
0: Oh, I think Will Smith took a fucking step back in quality in this movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, him. Um, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about him as an actor.
1: I think he leaned away from what works for him. And like part of me wants to like celebrate that because I think every time someone like Tom Cruise has stepped away from what you're used to seeing him in, it's been like phenomenal. And I think You know, I don't know who Will Smith is like modeling his career off off of, probably more of like a Dunzal, but I think it's a smart idea to be like, I need to try on like a couple different things. So I'm not just like pigeonholed, but I don't think this was the one for him. Oh, also you want to get more fucking weird. So Will Smith. Okay. So originally Tom Cruise and Sean Connery is supposed to be in this movie, right? Didn't work out will smith and sean connery were both supposed to be in the fucking matrix sean connery was going to be morpheus and will smith was going to be neo and that didn't work out
2: thank god
1: and we'll get to it bad move for will smith i think though
2: uh i have no comment on this whole will smith we'll, we'll get into it we'll get into it once we tell the audience what they're even listening to what yeah movie yeah i okay but i'm looking at my notes right now yeah this is so apropos that we're talking about top Gun because and mission impossible because i have about one billion notes about how they're all connected and we'll get into it
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i know we like jumped full throw into it but it was just like so funny that we started off talking about tom cruise and there are those correlations and those connections like hollywood is small. Like some of your biggest superstars are gonna be up for like the same roles. So I find that interesting because you do see a parallel in their careers about just like the trajectory and how big they get.
2: You know what? Will Smith should have been in night and day with Cameron Diaz. Oh, hell
1: yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Might have been
2: better. That might have been better. Oh
1: my God. You are so correct. Yes. Oh, that would have been good.
0: All right. Should I break this movie down? It's Enemy of the State, mm. nineteen ninety eight. Um, ninety million dollar budget, box office two hundred and fifty million dollars. It's got a pretty good rating on on the old Rotten Tomatoes. Does it?
2: Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good box office for an R rated movie. Just saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. R rated. Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah.
2: Don Simpson. Don Simpson also.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say. Because we're, I feel like this is missing some of the Don Simpson flair, but I guess he was in it.
1: I mean, didn't they say like Aaron Sorkin, like was credited as one of the writers too on this?
0: This is a Sorkin.
1: In early promotions, I think he got to be Sorkin. My dick. Sorry, (laughs) this is not Aaron Sorkin, is it? There was like four or five. I'll double check it, but I'm pretty sure he was credited early on as a writer.
0: Marconi, Mark Marconi, as a writer. Well, you keep talking and you know, I'll look it up. Anyways, so, so sh- should I go through what this movie's about, Enemy of the State? If you can. All right. So, Enemy. Okay. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Writing credits in this movie's early promotional material read, written by David McCroney and Aaron Sorkin and Henry Bean and Tony Gilroy.
0: Yeah, I'd be sucking my... Ah,
2: Tony Bean. Gilroy, <laughs> Tony Gilroy, I think, ghost directed Rogue One. The story oh, really?
0: From.
2: He was All brought right. on.
1: I liked Rogue One.
0: All right, so we have
1: okay. I'm <laughs>
0: <laughs> of this state. What's Will Smith's character's name? I don't even fucking know.
2: Uh, do you like to beat off in the shower, Brad? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> His name one. wasn't Brad. Brian? I don't know. <sighs>
0: Robert. Robert. Bob. All right. Robert. <laughs> All right. So, Enemy of the State. It's a uh, uh, Will Smith plays Robert, who's a labor lawyer. And in the beginning, he's dealing with uh, basically, he's a lawyer for a union. And Uh, the mob bosses that are running the company or something are just like not letting the union do an actual vote at a place to unionize. So he's just like like
1: union buster. He's just like
0: doing union. He's tried to like intimidate some like what ended up being mobsters like about, yeah, union busting and all that shit and whatever. That's kind of like your introduction to him. But then cut to um, kind of a higher up guy, in the in the NSA, is that a I'm going to is that a Voight? This John Voight yeah. is the John Shem. Voight playing yeah. what John Voight always plays. Yes. um Kind of like a scary higher up politician type dude. But so he's yeah. he's part of the NSA, which is, you know, the surveillance arm of the government. And it's a real thing. And all that stuff it's like a true thing. I mean, this is a romanticized version of it, but he's kind of not in charge of the NSA, but he's higher up in the NSA. Right. John Voigt's guy. Yeah, he wants and, to be the top person. Next. And he, he's talking to a congressman about trying to pass some legislation. And the congressman's like, man, my constituents in Syracuse are going to have my fucking dick on a skewer if I pass this legislation. And John Voigt's like, come on. And they're like at a park talking. Um, and the congressman's like, fuck off, John Voigt, And he's about to get in his car. But what happens One of John Voight's NSA goons puts a fucking needle in his neck, makes him pass out, puts him in his car, puts the car in neutral, rolls it into a lake, throws a bunch of pills on the freaking floor and makes it look like it was like a suicide or a drug thing. And leaves that poor, (laughs) beautiful
1: puppy dog just on the shoreline, scared and confused and upset. It was the worst part for me, this whole dog,
0: this whole thing was about trying to give the NSA a ton of power, right? Yeah. This whole movie is about surveillance. OK, surveillance in a pre smartphone world, a may pre- 9-11
1: me. world also. Yeah.
0: So pre all that. So surveillance is what what this whole thing head How surveillance is fucking scary. OK, yeah. so that happens. And um, some dude, uh, Jason Lee, Jason Lee. Has some kind of contract with the government where he's like looking at migrating geese or something. And he had a camera out there to, to tape the geese, and he ended up getting the murder on camera. Oh, geez, boy, is Jason Lee in a pickle. Anyways, John Voigt and his whole crew of NSA goons that are loyal to John Voigt. This is not the NSA doing it. This is John Voigt's character doing it. They're, they start going after Jason Lee because Jason Lee has the, the crime on tape, right? Yeah. Jason early. Lee knows will smith from whatever you know fucking field hockey crew they were in in college and he's running from john voigt's goons and he sees will smith's character and he drops basically a it's an nec
1: turbo express which was like a competitor of nintendo of yeah like of a game boy and by the time this movie came out they like didn't even fucking exist anymore like no, yeah. like it was just such like a weird choice to put that in there.
0: <laughs> and yeah, so that's where the where the videos in. That's where he where he hid the actual footage of this murder going on. And he drops it into Will Smith's bag. He's like out shopping.
1: The lingerie. Uh, right.
0: Well, they find out Will Smith has the this stuff, and 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 now the the NSA goons are going after Will Smith. It's a whole cat and mouse game, but the NSA goons, guess what they got? Satellites that can literally it's like a camera on you yeah. which is not a real thing but that's how it is it's like a camera on you that can follow you around and they've got him bugged he's got 17 different bugs on his fucking body i mean they got
1: jack black uh, and seth green and jamie kennedy like they're gonna win i love you yeah, oh my
0: god that fucking squad <laughs> they have foot oh they they're, they've they got uh, uh uh will smith's wife thinking that he's banging uh, Zoe Krav- Kravitz Sr. Uh, <laughs> you know, like they, they, all, his life is fucked. Yeah. You know, and he's running away and they're trying to kill him and stuff. Um, He has this like insider, um, what is it called? Like a PI, a private investigator that starts helping him out and it's a real buddy cop type of thing. Who's the actor that's, who is that? Is that Gene Hackman? Gene Hackman?
2: Gene Hackman.
0: Yeah, and so like Gene Hackman is helping him out and they're running away and stuff and And basically how he gets out of this whole pickle here with the NSA, John Voight's NSA crew coming after him, is that he gets them to basically go into the restaurant of the mob bosses. Now, the mob bosses, they had a tape situation with Will Smith's character that is completely different than the tape situation with John Voight's character. And they just kind of have like a silly misunderstanding where they both think that they're talking about each other's tapes. But they're not. They're they're talking about two separate tapes, and then they shoot the shit out of each other. It's a bloodbath. I didn't.
1: Yeah, I didn't understand how that helped out his character, but okay.
0: And Will Smith gets out alive and lives happily ever after. Yeah, and so does uh, Gene Hackman, and Zoe Kravitz. Senior dies.
1: Also, we should make note: this is technically a sequel to what? To the movie The Conversation that starred Gene Hackman in 1974. And they almost didn't get Gene Hackman for this movie, but it was like very crucial that they did because in the conversation, Gene Hackman's character, Harry Call, he's a surveillance expert and he's hired by like a mysterious client to tell, um, like the mysterious client is Harrison Ford, um, to tell a couple. And like while he's telling them, he gets like, He gets like a cryptic part of a conversation and he just gets like very obsessed and like, you know, worried about if they're in danger or not. And the theory with this movie, Enemy of the State, is that Gene Hackman is still Harry Call. He's just using a different name now. But this is technically like a sequel to the conversation.
2: See, so I've heard that. And the conversation, if you haven't seen it, fucking see it, because that movie fucking rips. Gene Hackman plays the saxophone a lot in the movie. It's wild. And there's a bloody toilet scene that's really, really good, too. Um, But it's directed by Francis Ford Coppola. And everything Lily just said is right. He's a surveillance expert. And he hears something. Is it a murder? Is it not? He becomes paranoid. And he's just kind of like going nuts. But all the details in this, and I guess... Maybe I'm a fool because it's like maybe his history wouldn't add up. But the character's backstory in this is completely different than in the conversation. Like he's not a part of the NSA in the conversation. Well, Why
1: would he give like real information?
2: No, and that's why maybe I'm a fool to like, because, but then even John Voight, like does the background check on him and it's like, oh, he was this, 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 you know, this is his history. And he kept saying, oh, I've only did this for 15 years. And it's like, well, that's the 85 to 99. That's not really the 70s. And again, maybe he scrambled all his data. I think maybe it's like a spiritual sequel where it's like, oh, maybe this is what that character would become. But I was looking for all those clues and I'm like, this doesn't I don't know. There's not enough there that goes, oh, it is the only
1: big thing
2: conversation. The
1: only big thing is when they show a picture of him and his NSA days, it is a picture from the conversation. And like, do I think they made this movie with maybe a love for the conversation? And when they did get Gene Hackman, they went, okay, you're Harry Call in the future. Probably. And I think if they'd gotten a different actor to play that role, they probably would not have called it a sequel to the conversation. You know what I mean? Like I think getting him in it is what made them tie them together.
0: And who's the guy that gets hit by the car? Um Jason Lee. Because Jason Lee's in this, this is also part of the view askew universe. Yeah. Kevin um, Smith. Kevin Smith. Jade Salah Bob are in the background a couple of times.
1: Oh my God. Could you imagine?
0: Um this is uh what I loved about this movie, and it's it's I like this movie. Oh and I liked watching it. Wow. It wasn't like great, but I, I liked it. Um the, these type of movies I usually don't like, and I and I like this one, but it's so funny that like so this whole movie's it's it's like before smartphones, right? Yeah, so it's like people are being tracked, people are being recorded, they're like with video and with audio. And now with smartphones, it's like, y- yes, everybody's being tracked. Yeah. Yes. Everything's being recorded. And in fact, people see the recording, like me videotaping or taping something on my phone or recording something on my phone as a protection. Mm. Like, I rather have the power to now, oh, I feel like this authority figure is coming at mm-hmm. Oh, A copper is coming after me. I'm going to fucking take my phone out. I'm going to let everybody know. And I'm going to put a pin so people know where I am and all this stuff. People see a lot of this surveillance shit as a safety thing now. Yeah. And the whole thing is that it's like scary in this movie because people weren't, that's, that was just, you know, smartphones weren't even uh, you know, a uh, glimmer in uh, in, in what's his name? Mr. Apple's eye.
1: I think, Um, I think what the scary part is the not having control. Like I'm like with you, like, I like having a smartphone. I like that. I, will never be lost. I like that. I can look up any information. I like that. Yeah. Like I can record like an an authority figure that I feel like is doing some like fucked up shit, but that stuff is all great when I'm in control of it. Like I can be like, okay, I'm putting this down now. Like I'm in my home. Like I don't want to record, you know, this, or I don't want to do that. I think what ends up getting really scary about surveillance is that the government and like this movie doesn't get into it, but big fucking business is just like constantly watching you constantly monitoring what you can even watch. And I think that's the big problem with technology and surveillance is that we no longer have the ability to have any control of our private lives. Cause like if the government wants to, they're fucking in your bedroom. If Facebook wants to, they're on the fucking toilet with you. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, I think some of the most uncomfortable parts of this movie are is when it invades his private life. Like, you know, if you're outside and you get photographed, you're like, Oh, that fucking sucks. But when it's like, it's in his clothes, it's in his air docks. He's looking at himself on his own TV. Guys, that fucking sucks.
0: You carry a phone around with you. It's already in your clothes.
1: I know, but like that can still, that's still not like cool. Like it sucks that we can't have this awesome technology and have, Control over it personally. You know what I mean? Like, it sucks that we can't come up with really crazy, awesome technology where we can be super connected, but then we also have the ability to be like, okay. And now, like, I'm blacked out. You can't fucking record me, like, Google Home. You can't do this. And it's just like, you're fucked. Like, you don't have any control anymore.
2: Yeah. This movie was speaking to a uh, uh, paranoia that uh people have <laughs> what am i trying to say well like it's
0: not it's, it's extreme my whole point is just it's extremely of the time because yeah. right now if there was like a thing if there was a movie where it was just like they're recording you and they track you it's like okay yeah, shut the fuck up okay i know who cares you know what i mean It's yeah. it's much less of a There's no paranoia of it anymore. People have really dropped the issue because you're making a
2: good point. Like if they made this today, not as effective. It's cooler when like we didn't feel like we were being spied on all the time. Like you make this movie when it's like, what, what? They can track you through your toaster or his blender or whatever the fuck, man. His blender was like a co-lead in this fucking movie. I I
1: think think the lack of technology is what helps this movie because it helps you focus on just like, holy shit. Like, you don't even have technology and they can still fucking get you and all that shit. As we're now, it's just like, well, yeah, of course they can track you. Like, the technology is just like so good and apparent that like you can't focus on the right and wrongs of it.
2: Okay, so the tech in this movie is pretty slick. But there was one scene, which is kind of like a set piece in the middle where Will Smith's like going across like a park. In wherever the fuck he is Baltimore, Okay, Maryland. yeah, yeah And like they do this cool set piece Where it's like you're going to see how, how infested they are The people are spying on them They're everywhere But they're just kind of dressed as like Park goers or bums, but they have. It's like just like three.
1: Jack Black. It's just Seth Green. Oh, it's I just Jamie it, Kennedy. They like, have
2: like huge microphones. Yeah. Playing, like newspapers. he like
1: wraps he wraps <laughs> a mic up like a fucking fish at the market in a yeah, newspaper. I wrote, I wrote
0: Jack Black with the biggest boom mic I've ever seen <laughs> folded into a newspaper. One guy has a satellite microphone the NFL uses for on field conversation, yeah. and then there's one guy on a tower with the biggest camera lens I've seen in my entire life it's like I thought you guys were trying to be like secretive about this
1: no absolutely not Uh,
2: but one thing that's not dated because I know you said it's very much of the time which I agree with and this is just a hallmark of Tony Scott who I think is an innovator I think he's like obviously RIP but he was always like 50 years ahead of everyone and now everyone's suddenly catching up the filmmaking in this is not dated. It feels mm. very slick and yeah. modern. Um, it doesn't feel like, oh, fuck, man. Yeah, that was the 90s. Like, yeah, oh, brother, like that's a really this good look, point. It just looks fucking good. It's shot amazing. But th- this is the man Tony Scott made Top Gun. Like, this is the man who innovated everything. And then in his later years, which is crazy to say. So when this movie came out, I remember the vibe on it was that people are like, it's so quick cutting. It's so fast paced. It's Mm -hmm. this, which is so funny because it's very modest. Now when you watch it, you're like, Oh, it's not that quick. It's like pace, like pretty well, pretty normal, (laughs) pretty normal. But at the time people are like, Jesus Christ, the shots are like, boom, boom, boom. It's going by so fast. Tony Scott would later like perfect this when I, you know, his movies became insanity, deja vu, domino, um, uh taking a Pelham one two three like his editing got so insane seek it out but like I feel like in the next 10 years people are going to be doing like what Tony Scott did fucking 15 years ago uh but yeah so the movie doesn't feel dated it's very well shot and beyond maybe like the tech and the clothes somewhat I mean the clothes aren't even that dated I was gonna say even
1: the clothes like you know we watched men in black he's in like bright neon yeah. pants. Like it is like, so nineties, but like in a perfect way where like the nineties are coming back. So it's like in style again, but this is very like any era. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like any era, you know, maybe like the coach is like a little nineties, but you can tell he puts like a concerted effort to not do very like of the time clothing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This um this movie also it hits you with um I don't know, like a lot of anti-Italian and black Woo! racism. <laughs> like, like what are they? We're called-
1: no, Italian Americans. And then he's like, But for real, we're gonna bury these fucking wops and It's like, oh my
0: god. <laughs> but he also so that yeah, that was Will Smith's character because they're dealing with like the mobsters. But he all right. I I, I don't know if I'm wrong here or, or not, but like they, they did a point where um, the Italian guys, like the mobsters, call Will Smith an eggplant. No, Will
1: Smith. Um, they call him something. Call I don't remember eggplant. what they call. No, they don't. They call him something. And he goes, excuse me, I think the term you're looking for because I'm black is you should call me an eggplant. He corrects them. I'm like the racial oh, okay. slur, which is fucking weird.
0: Well, because the actual the, the actual term is like in Italian, mm. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Like, is it worse to say call a black person an eggplant in English or an Italian type of thing? I
1: think it's just all bad. But he, they called him something else, and he's like, they, "Could they called him like something derogatory to like a Jewish person?" Oh, and he was like, "No, yeah, no, 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 no. Or something. What you're looking for is this other racial I'm a, term i'm
0: an eggplant lawyer it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. this is some bizarre racial slur i don't understand any of why any of that was part of anything
1: you know i'll give it to movies now i do feel like there's less of that stuff in there like you know will smith at one point makes like a cross-dressing joke and it's just like i feel like to me that's the stuff that dates movies even more then like the clothing or the technology is just like what were acceptable jokes at that time. Because like now you're just like, Oh my God. Like that's so cringy. How awful for like people in the audience who like identified that way. So I feel like to me, stuff like that dates movies more or TV shows. Like you watch fucking Dawson's Creek. Oh my God. It's horrifying.
0: I identify as an eggplant. So.
1: Okay. How beautiful of you. Um, Guys, I want to say something. I think the women in this movie were the best part of this movie.
2: Yeah, Regina King, yo.
1: Regina King fucking knocked every single one of her scenes out of that park. That was a woman who was like, I have been fucking wronged. I've been cheated on. She was fucking phenomenal. I wish, I wish she'd been the fucking lead in this movie, to be honest with you.
2: She was great. Um, and yeah, I'm glad she had more than just one scene of being like, like she was integral to the pop because they had like the whole history and how like it's all catching up with him. And it still kept kind of like biting him in the ass because of Lisa Bonet and all this other stuff. So I'm like, that's cool that she wasn't like just shoved aside.
1: And they didn't make her like a housewife. Like they were like, she is also a lawyer like it took two seconds to say that they didn't need to put it in but i was like fuck yeah she's like in the kitchen arguing about like surveillance and how that's bullshit and it's like i like that they were like no like she's not just going to be a set piece yeah like she's not just a wronged woman like she's an intelligent woman you know if he cheated and she worked it out with him it's because she like is smart and thought that this was like the right move you know what i mean like i feel like that could have been like a very weak character and just like a throwaway character
0: i was gonna say she reminded me a lot of her jerry Maguire character
2: Mm. oh yeah you know what you know what i kept thinking too i was actually nervous for the family and like the Mm. kid and the wife and so like that was good that they set that up where I'm like, oh, fuck. They're like, these fuckers are going to go to the house. But I'm glad they never got to that where like they were held hostage or something. Horseshit. Malarkey. They threw it
1: out there, man.
2: But they were threatening it. And you kind of felt in your gut where you're like, oh, fuck, is it going to go that way? I don't want to see any harm come to them. So.
1: And then I was like, into- let's just get to Lisa Bonet of it. One, she's fucking beautiful. Two, I have just like a paragraph. I'm just like, oh, shit, Lisa Bonet. And then I was like, wait, is that Zoe Kravitz? No, that's Lisa Bonet. Fuck, that might be Zoe Kravitz. No, Zoe Kravitz would be like way too fucking young to be in this. Is she playing his daughter? Are they kind of flirting? No, that's Lisa Bonet. And I finally just had to like put myself out of my misery and look it up because I know Lisa Bonet and Zoe Kravitz look identical. But holy fuck, they sound identical. They have the exact same voice and cadence like it wasn't just dolly the sheep that was cloned and i don't know why lisa bonet is keeping this technology to herself but zoe kravitz is a clone and it's fucking wild
2: she got her guitar playing skills from her dad and everything else from her mom
1: i mean i feel like lisa bonet can probably play guitar
2: um or i was talking about zoe grab oh you. oh i see what you're saying right like Um, i feel
1: like lisa bonet can play a guitar all
2: right i know i know we're skipping around we're jumping around but we really need to get to this okay we really gotta dive in enema of the state Mm. do you guys remember that album
0: oh yeah oh is that a playoff of this or is there are they a playoff of
2: it was a playoff of this movie what mark you didn't know
0: that it was not a playoff this movie that's like a
1: normal term enemy (laughs) of the state
2: when did Enema of the State come out? with The album
1: ninety nine.
2: Oh, so dude, they were totally riffing on this movie. No, like it, I feel like, 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 like a- you must have like
1: no. just made that
2: joke a hundred times after this movie came that's out. That's
1: such like a that's like a
0: term.
2: I know it's a term, but like it was in the zeitgeist. I always assumed it was a play of this movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it might be because ninety eight to ninety nine. Right? Do you think they were that into this stupid movie? I think it was like that. It was movie. close to um to it's a, it's close to the word enema. <laughs> I don't think it was that deep of a thing. No. You know what I mean? The, yeah, I think so it was, it was just like a a a play choice. off
1: the idea of enemy of the state, enema of the state, whatever.
0: Can we get then, to like the most important part of this whole fucking movie? Well, actually, there's two most important parts. All right, this is the second most important part. How awful that um that scene is so the scene where he gets the tape put (laughs) into his bag will smith is out shopping and this tape with the murder on it gets put into his bag yeah for whatever reason it's basically in a victoria's secret
1: yeah it's a lingerie store it's
0: a lingerie store and just the weird double like the sexual innuendo that he was doing with the model who was in like lingerie oh my wife's
1: what Booms size are clearly is bigger than yours? And he goes,
0: what size? She goes, what size? And he's like making it. Like I, she's people- talking about his cock. Oh, I did not read that. Because then one. she he goes, well, she goes, what size? And he goes, oh, uh, <laughs> oh, my wife. And then oh, says it. his wife's size. Like, why is this happening in this movie? I did write down.
1: I don't understand the lingerie store. I think, honestly, they could have cut that all out and he could have just like ran into him on the street and shoved it in a bag. I I just don't think it was worth it. It wasn't worth it for the callback later where she's in the lingerie and they like are about to fuck in the garage. That was weird. I think bigger picture. They really did Jason Lee dirty.
0: Oh, he got the shit kicked out of he him. He got
1: fucking <laughs> hit. By a fire engine, which to me is bad writing because no one calls them fire engines. But he got laid the fuck out and they're like, hey, you want to see this body? And then some old white bitch is just like a guy at a bike got creamed (laughs) like she sees it every day. (laughs) Fucked up. And I think he they played it off well when Will went back home. He's Just like, oh, my God, I just like watched a guy I know get creamed get, get murdered like that was get, awful well,
0: murdered I mean he didn't nobody murdered him right he got creamed okay, he got killed he got creamed
2: know. yeah he was being chased and it was like a byproduct
1: it was fucked up okay I'm gonna say something bold about this movie I want to see how you feel so you know how die hard everyone's like is this a Christmas movie? Isn't this a Christmas movie? I feel like enemy of the state really wanted those vibes for this movie.
0: A hundred percent a Christmas movie. Cause they
1: movie. brought up Christmas so much. She's out Christmas shopping. Like, you know, even the bad guys are like, I just want to get home for Christmas. Like this kept bringing up Christmas and it had nothing to do with the storyline. So it made me feel like they wanted like that die hard vibe of just like there's no reason that this should be a holiday movie, but it'll get played at Christmas all the time.
0: Yeah. I wrote the same thing down that they were trying to do. Like, uh, is this a Christmassy, you know, you know, I don't know. Like I, like on shitty cable, basic cable or something yeah. every Christmas, they're going to play enemy of the state. Yeah.
2: I'm going to applaud them too, because I feel like when you do a Christmas movie, unless it's blatantly in California, Every other state in the country, whether it's Texas, Florida, or somewhere else, for some reason has like 12 feet of snow and it's Christmas time. Snow is happening. Yeah. We're in Florida, Miami, Florida, but there's snow in this movie. It's, uh, they're in Baltimore, Maryland. I think that's where yeah. they are or somewhere around there. They're in Maryland and there's no snow anywhere. And of course, Maryland South, you know, it's a not South, but it's, uh, It's in a place that probably doesn't have snow during December or if it, you know, just gets cool out and you have to wear a coat. But a part of you is just like, where the fuck's snow at? There Mm. should be 12 feet of snow outside. And uh, it caught me off guard. I had to use my brain power to go, wait a second, some places it doesn't snow.
1: I mean, sometimes here for Christmas, there's not snow.
0: All right. So I want to get into the bad guy team, though, because there's John Voigt, who's like the NSA dude that's going after them. And then there's the bad guy team, the squad, the goon squad that's going after Will Smith. It's broken up into two groups. There's like the strong men, right, that are doing the physical stuff. And then there's like the dudes behind the computer which is usually in movies, like at least on the good guy side, it's like one dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like the computer nerd guy. But in this one, it's like six people. And this is, le- tell me if I'm missing any of them. Okay. It's like, um, I don't know. It's like a Mountain Dew commercial. <laughs> They've got Jack Black, right? They have Seth Green. All right. They've got um, Jamie Kennedy. Mm-hmm. They have that
2: one blonde guy that was in that wrestling movie with David Arquette. Was he in it? Oh, the Khan, A Khan, Scott Khan, con, James Khan's son. And then they also have Mouse from the Matrix. There, I don't know his fucking
0: name. Wait, he was in it. I he was one know. of the. He was one of the Seth Green guys oh, and man. Jack Black guys. Like he was like behind the scenes. Yeah, Mouse from the Matrix. Did you say Jamie Kennedy? Jamie yeah. Kennedy. <laughs> Did you say Jake? Jake Busey, Gary Busey's son. That's the one Star- I, Star- I couldn't remember the name of. But yeah, he's one of those strong men. This it's literally a Mountain Dew. If you've been in a Mountain Dew commercial, you are in this movie and you are working for the NSA. Seth Green's wearing his like yellow tinted
1: sunglasses. It was, I don't know who did the casting for this. It was just like, it's just like such an odd hodgepodge of people. And like Seth Green had an actual career at that time everybody else didn't really but it's just it's just so fucking bizarre and they're not like
2: that funny i mean okay so let's i want to talk about them because i have a question my one question to you too was like half of the team aware of the nefarious things and then the other half thought they were doing good? Were no. they all complicit in like knowing that that senator? They were was all
0: nervous? complicit. They all knew that it was bad mamba jamba stuff going on, which blew my mind because there was like nine of them. And it's like yeah. you cannot do something this illegal and have nine people be quiet about it.
1: Yeah, I feel like maybe they didn't know like the extent, but they knew this just like some random ass guy and like they were like laughing about stealing his blender.
0: It just I yeah. mean, many of them knew. I mean, I'm going to say at least four people outside of John Voigt knew that they killed the congressman.
2: Right. Because yeah. Barry, Barry Pepper, our boy, Barry Pepper, went in there and stuck the needle in him. But, well, yeah. So that's what kept confusing me, because there was like the muscle that clearly are like killing people and chasing down Jason Lee and stop that person. But then were the tech guys not aware that there was like they they, were aware.
0: They were aware.
2: So they they were seeing
0: everything happening. Like, I don't know. I'm if I was a tech person, I would not
1: bug like a family's home. Like, I think, you know, that's wrong. And I think, you know, it's wrong to like steal their appliances. The blender at some point you can be like, guys, this feels a little over the line. You know what I mean? They weren't just surveilling him.
2: I think my. So favorite- here, here's my question. Oh, sorry. Go for. No, minute. no, no, no. Go. You do it. So here's the thing: when you have bad guys in a movie, make it a Mission Impossible or whatnot, or even like a Sunday barn burning thriller like this. And I call it that because this is a movie on a rainy Sunday's on fucking TV, and you're going to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime they do goons. They code them more like Barry Pepper, and Barry Pepper was just one of the muscle, and like all black and carrying a gun. And we wouldn't think of it. Just imagine if the Jamie Kennedys and the Jake Buseys and all the fucking tech heads and the Jack Blacks were all just kind of like Eastern European guys in black turtlenecks and black leather jackets doing the surveillance. We'd just be like, oh, okay, they're all bad, they're all fucked up. But I think Tony Scott, someone who comes in and goes that's boring let's put a bunch of people for boring Mountain that's commercial. slightly
0: racist <laughs> let's <laughs> yeah, put a hurt. bunch
2: of people from like a Mountain Dew commercial into this and like go that route because I think he's like the same reason why that whole scene took place in a lingerie I bet that scene took place on a sidewalk and he's just like this is boring we need women in lingerie we need like a <laughs> fucking nightclub of a Victoria's Secret like we need to fucking jazz this up but it's funny because us as audiences, when you code it that way and not make them what's like very generic, you then have these weird questions where you're like, these dudes are way too relaxed to be complicit in such nefarious things. Like they're talking like they're gamers or something. Well, which I mean, isn't that just co- like
1: white privilege? You're like, oh, they, some of them have to be innocent, right?
2: It's it's fucked up because I could, I was so confused to be like, wait, these people are just way too casual. Just way too casual at everything.
1: I mean, I think I'll give it to Tony Scott because I'm with you. I think a lesser person puts just like anybody who's brown, anyone who's foreign in a role like that. Cause you're like, oh, that's a bad guy. Cause like we're racist and like that's how we peg like who's good, who's bad. But honestly, Tony hit my two, my two rules, my two first rules in life. Rule number one, I don't trust old white men. John Voigt, click that. I don't it's trust racist. old white it's men. Racist. My number two rule in life: I don't trust any aged white man. And you know, honestly, the this movie was happening. just <laughs> like
2: this is. Like, those are two. <laughs> Here's <laughs> the like, thing:
0: a lot of overlap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> those seem like fucking dumb rules, but like that is who's running our government. That is the people who are helping our people to run the government. They're not going to go against him because they're, they want to move up the ranks just like him. You know, it's not going to be some random person. It's going to be these like white guys in power who are going to try and, um, you know, take over and take away your liberties. And like, we see it now. It's, you know, when you have a government that doesn't look like the nation you get this fucking corrupt shit. You get these old ass people who are still in government and like pissing their pants. And they're just all these old white dudes. And they're only come up with rules that help old white dudes. So it's like, I at least commend him for being like, not nah, all of our bad guys are going to be just fucking hey, hey. white men.
0: Let's not, let's not sell anybody short. Okay. The Snowden NSA stuff was during Obama. Okay. So we all can spy on each other.
2: Yeah. Easily. I was good. Well, I'm going to say Tony Scott's ahead of the curve. I guess the whole point I'm trying to make is by coding them as kind of like weird tech internet people, like the Jack Black, Jamie Kennedy's wearing their like Hawaiian shirts and they look like they just chugged a six pack of Mountain Dew. That's very, and their casualness, right? Their casualness and just like, oh, he's on floor 15 now. Ha ha ha. Oh, he's over here now. Oh, I got him over here and they're bugging these places. Isn't that kind of like the Silicon Valley vibe, right? Isn't that, what's that stupid show that everyone likes? Silicon boys. Silicon Valley. Yeah. Where it's just like, these are the the Facebook, the Instagram people where it's just like, they're committing fucking weird, corrupt shit behind the scenes, but they're all just like gamers and Reddit board people. and They're like Mark Zuckerberg. Them. So he's ahead of the curve, man, by being like, yeah. They shouldn't be 280 pound Arnold Schwarzenegger looking dudes in leather jackets. These need to be
0: dorks. I mean, that'd be pretty hilarious if all the people that were doing the behind the scenes hacking were jacked as shit.
2: But that's what a bad director would do. (laughs) They would do that. If if you watch like the John Wick films, like every bad guy, like there's not personality necessarily. And I'm not shitty on the John Wick films. Like I think there's some good in them, but it's I don't know. I think that's the Tony Scott of it all. (laughs) We've I talked think, about I uh, think the
1: problem is for me, I think it's a double-edged sword. Because part of me is like, I like that there's so many of them because it helps to feel like that all-encompassing. Like, how can one person fight all these hackers, fight the fucking government? Like, you know, like it puts that um pressure on you where it's like that's so many people. But at the same time, I also think there was just like too many people. Like, I feel like there's a reason usually. Like, if the good guy has a hacker, he's got one. You know what I mean? Like, I just think there was a lot of them.
2: Um, crap. I forgot my point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got some Keep of the that better. in.
2: Keep that <laughs> in.
0: Um, Keep here,
2: that this
0: was one of my favorite parts of the movie was when the muscle first gets to Will Smith's house. And I don't think at this point he even knows that he has the tape of the
2: murder. No, no right
0: and they they show that they're like nsa they're like government you know because he asks to see their badge mm-hmm. right and they're like in his house and they're like um were you shopping you know and and they, they're kind of like grilling him about where he was was he shopping He's, and he let them in his home
2: which is weird to begin no, with
0: they walk into his home and
2: they're on the porch the whole time no, no, they were inside. They walk. They, said, in they walk into his they home. They sit down at the kitchen table. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They're chatting, which is like, I'm. I don't know. He's Will Smith supposed to be a lawyer. I was like, this is kind of fucking. Like, no lawyer would really do this. They wouldn't let this these people inside of their home, and they're chatting up. And then they go uh, like, uh, "Hey, can we, let's. Can we see that bag? Can we see that bag? Um, when you were shopping, so we can see if you know they dropped uh, something in there, and uh, and Will Smith goes, uh, "Not without a warrant." And then they go, damn, this guy's good. Oh, like, yeah. Is he? <laughs> it, what? Because like the a lawyer say, you can't check my bag.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, damn, this guy's good. Yeah. <laughs> what the that was fuck Jamie are you Kennedy. talking about? He's a little, he's a little goofy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do love that. <laughs> and then also, you ever beat off in the shower? You ever have any homosexual thoughts? Oh, my- yeah. Line? To
1: his like, law firm. That was a very <laughs> was much a- uh keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth moment when he was that yelling at the his like law company being like don't fucking bring up my wife and my affair. That was who a little too parallel to now. I feel like I want to get into for me I think the biggest stumbling block in this movie for me. Like I didn't really enjoy this movie. I it was kind of like long, and I just it didn't, it didn't like gel with me. And I think the biggest deterrent for me is that he's just a hundred percent innocent. Like for the first hour of the movie, he doesn't even know that he has this video. Like he checks the bags, doesn't find it. It's not till he's like on the lamb in his maid's car that he finally realizes that that video is in the back of his kid's. Um, knockoff game boy
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and honestly and then he didn't even watch the video till i don't know like 40 minutes out from the end i don't know like i didn't like that i didn't like that he just so much was not in the know and so much like was like i don't even know what you're talking about like i feel like they could have got him there quicker or it could have been like jason lee being like You are a lawyer. Like, I need you to hold on to this. This is like fucking important. I wish he had been like a little bit more in on it. I really didn't like how much he was just like
0: a stupid bystander. it, It could also be that he was, he was bad at selling it. Like, I don't, I just don't, I think this was just like rough for Will Smith for I, 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 it felt like he was he like regressed at acting in this movie mm. compared to the last few movies that we've seen. Like, I feel like this was almost like, I don't know. Almost like like worse than bad boys type of thing. Like, or not worse, worse as is is a bad word, more green than bad boys. Like he felt almost back to being a green actor again in this movie I, where you're like, I, all the things you're saying about like somebody, not knowing why like, somebody's following them and being kind of freaked out by it. I like I could see a Tom Cruise like selling that shit and me being into it. For some reason, like I like this movie. I think Will Smith was like he's just kind of like stiff in it.
2: I'm trying to workshop in my head the reason that they did that. So it is a little bit of a throwback to North by Northwest. And that's a movie where the main character it's an Alfred Hitchcock movie is being terrorized by all these people. But it's a mistaken identity thing. They think he has this like device, this MacGuffin. And so they're all after him. And he's like, I don't know who you people are. That's not my name. And they're like, sure, it's not your name. You're just saying that. And this, this main character truly doesn't know what the fuck's going on. So I think they're playing with that. But you're right. It gets confusing because what if Will Smith was just the peaceful like goose videotaper? and yeah. it's like he's the one who recorded the footage yes now he has his possess- possession now they're after him mm-hmm. um maybe now, I think would've, that would have been more interesting right because then he's like oh my god i got this footage and now they're after me and i wonder you know what i'm guessing that they wanted to delay him seeing the footage and knowing what's going on is because say he had it immediately and watched it or it was just like oh yeah yeah like why wouldn't he just give it up just kind of like all right take it like i don't know maybe they were just like he's too smart and savvy that it wouldn't go on this long without him just going to the cops or being like, I have this footage here. You go. So they had to just be like, let him not know what he has and just being chased and kind of has to be like in the muck of it.
1: I think it's very much like this could happen to anyone. The any man, but I don't know, like he was too smart. Like he was a lawyer. It just, it didn't, play as it should maybe if he had like a more menial job you know what i mean but the fact that they introduced you to him having video bullshit already i don't know it just like didn't work and i can definitely see what you're saying like that will smith seemed green i just there was like nothing good to sink his teeth into because like will smith is fucking funny like you got to lean into that a bit. And he said it was really hard to not be funny in this movie. Cause like in bad boys, you know, he's playing it more straight, but he's getting like those funny cocky lines as for this one. It's almost too vanilla for Will Smith. And maybe that's what he was trying to do. He's just like, I want to be like a Tom Cruise, like a Jason Bourne. Like I want to do like that straight action thriller movie, but
0: he's almost too good to play that bland. Um, the, this is also, this is in my days. I think I'm trying to find her name. Um, a uh, film critic, Amy Nicholson. She does that unspooled podcast. Um, she always points out. She's like, it's, she never, she never shits on the actress too hard because she, she just always blames the director. Cause it's like, as a director, you should have directed the actors in the correct way to do this. Mm. If the actor is falling down in a situation, the director is supposed to be the one that be like, this isn't working. Here's a different way to do it. I'll say this is when I actually am down to clown with Will Smith in this movie. It's when um, Gene Hackman, what's the name? Brill. Mm-hmm. When he, when they get together and they're together And they're doing all their bullshit. And it's like, oh, this is like buddy cop stuff. This is Mm. like men in black. This is like, you know. Because
1: there's someone in the know then.
0: Yeah. Like this, that dynamic. I was like, this should be the whole movie. Like I could have watched those two as the whole movie. And it took so long to get the buddy cop guys together. Right. They they should have met. They're in the third act
2: together. They should have met like act one. Yeah. Gene Hackman and him should have been in together. And not because it's like. We need more Gene Hackman. It's because both of them had such good chemistry and were electric. And yeah, you liked seeing them act opposite each other. So see, I didn't. I like, really? Oh, you saw oh, him with it. Tommy
1: Lee and you're like, like that's Tommy dynamic. Lee Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, not Tommy not Lee. Tommy Lee. Jones. That'd be badass. Um, too, Tommy, <laughs> I feel like the two of them were dynamic together. I think, I think it sucks to like pair him up with like another old white guy. I don't know. Like
0: hey there's plenty of old white guys to but go like, around. there's also
1: plenty of old black men that you could have played opposite him that's all well, I'm saying is like I feel like you can tell this movie was written with like a Tom Cruise or like a white guy
0: as the main character I, yeah I mean like it, it was also you know we're looking at it people are extremely aware of what you're talking about now Yeah. Not in 1998. I know.
1: I'm just saying, like, I feel like the role was so vanilla. Like there was none of that, like dynamic Will Smith spark, like even six degrees of separation. He had like a spark in it. It wasn't like an out of the park performance, but like you could tell he was able to play a little bit more in it. So you were getting different, like a different feel of him, a different variety, like bad boys and men in black. He was able to play. There was no playing in this movie
2: so i might be on kind of flipped maybe not flipped whatever this is my take on will smith he's fine in it he's fine i don't think he was bad i think he carries the movie and like mark said i think there's good chemistry once him and gene hackman are together in scenes there's a good because they have like a spark together here's what i found interesting I thought he was better in the dramatic moments in this than the comedy, like the little comedy he had mm-hmm. or like the weird sexual innuendos, like about his penis size and this thing. And then the other, and he has to like joke about it. Those don't really land at all. And you're kind of like, Oh, his timing's a little off and mm-hmm. whatever. And maybe Mark's right. Maybe that's the Tony Scott of it all. Maybe it's the director in this case. But I thought like when he finds Lisa Bonet and has to cry, spoiler, she fucking gets murdered. Like I was kind of vibing on that. And that was a weird scene. And to me, I don't know this. I I felt like he was fine. He carried the movie. And honestly, what, what was such a good Testament? This was just a good scene was the standoff at the end where you have the Italians, you have the fucking NSA, you have Will Smith, the FEI, all these people converging in there. And I was like completely glued. And I was glued to what Will Smith That's said. crazy. I'm glued I, to what the Italians are saying. I'm like dang, this is so intense. <laughs> I'm loving this. Of
1: course you love that. I fucking hated it. I thought it was such trash. I don't understand. And I'm sure you loved this part of it. I didn't understand why it looked like there was a fucking earthquake in the middle of their gunfire. Like that was some weird a lot of gunfire camera shit going on where they literally looked like an earthquake took place while they're having a shootout. I thought it was kind of like a cop out. I just like, I don't know why any of that happening would have gotten him out of any trouble. Like, Oh my God. I could not have disliked that more.
2: All right. So I, I do want to give some context to this film and the time that it came out because I can only speak for myself and I want to, I want you to, to chime in too is that I remember this movie coming out and I remember being like, Holy shit. Will Smith is doing like an adult film because bad boys may have been too early to like be too conscious of it and how it's coming to theaters. But only a few late years later, we've had men in black we've had independence day where he's become this huge megastar, and obviously fresh prince and his big fucking award-winning album so like for general audiences and for kids like us at the time we were we were in will smith's pocket it's like awesome we love everything he does so i remember even distinctly this like poster for this movie being like oh shit This is going to be adult R-rated Will Smith. So I think that's absolutely what it was positioned as. It was his adult outing. We're going to strip the humor from him. It's going to be more dramatic. Mm -hmm. It's this thriller. It's going to be this Tony Scott film. And I do remember we rented it because i remember moments from this film i remember the senator getting killed in the beginning i remember jason lee getting fucking hit by the fire truck i remember the gunfire at the end you know we were just talking about the gunfire that was so visceral to be like holy shit like when, when rewatching watching this i'm like doesn't like the restaurant just like explode or something but it's not even that it's like the gunfire is just so over the top and how it was shot and just like these flashes of like white light and all that. There was just so many moments in this that I remember. I can't remember if we actually sat down and watched it top to bottom, but we definitely rented it and maybe caught parts of it, or maybe we have just seen it over the years. So things definitely stuck in my head about this. And again, I guess going back to my point is like, it always came across as like the adult Will Smith film. Like this isn't for kids. You're not rushing to the theater, to see it. And I don't know when I'm going to see it, but It might be a while.
1: I, this is my first time ever seeing this movie. Um, And I feel like I get what you're saying. Like, oh, this is like adult Will Smith. I do think it's why he probably took this role. And um, he also took this role because he wanted to work with Gene Hackman. Like Gene Hackman was attached to it before Will Smith was. And he took a bit of like an Independence Day cut. Where like he was on like a pretty big high from Independence Day and he took a pay cut so he could work with Gene Hackman, which I do I do enjoy actors who do that, who are like, I want to work with the best of the best and fuck money. So I think that's respectable. But just I feel like for like an adult Will Smith movie, I'd want this more adult. You know what I mean? Like, like, give me like an eyes wide shut, Will Smith. Like, I want it to go balls to the wall more adult if he's going to go in that direction he gets
0: horny later in his career doesn't he
1: yeah but I think just this movie is just kind of like forgettable in his like career I think it's forgettable I think this type of movie for him isn't isn't a great fit
0: I I think these types of movie for me personally are extremely forgettable and I don't know what the reason is. Maybe it's because maybe I just watched Will Smith in my childhood a lot. I must have really liked him or something. But He's this everywhere. is one of the few of these type of movies that to me isn't forgettable. Yes. Like, I, I remember so many yeah. parts of it. Really? I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know why the fuck our parents were letting us watch that gunfight. I don't know. The, <laughs> head,
2: watching the gunfight the was crazy, but, but Mark even more so than the movie itself, this trailer for this film was so memorable. Like when there was lines in the movie, I'm like, oh, that was a trailer line where it's like Will Smith to Gene Hagman. Why'd you both building up? Because you made a phone call. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the trailer. Or when he has to strip down to his boxers and he's like hopping from the buildings like that is so in my memory. And I'm like, because you know what? This movie also came out at a time when I was still playing with like action figures and like mm-hmm. making up worlds and stuff. So I remember being like, I can't see enemy of the state, but I will fucking play enemy of the state. If you know what I mean? And like, pretend I'm in that fucking movie. I don't even know what the fuck it's about, but it looks scary as hell. Was I think there's that-
1: such a departure
2: from the Will Smith. You knew to this movie that like, that's why it's so memorable for you. I think so. And I think going to Mark's point, like, when we watched The Firm, I was so fucking bored. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is a movie I just wouldn't be able to watch again. I think this movie I could absolutely watch again because, again, of the maximalist like style filmmaking that for some reason there's a scene that takes place in like, a lingerie from the year 3000 <laughs> like, or this lingerie store from the year 3000. Um, I like that. Like the Jamie Kennedy's of it all in the Jack Blacks, like the weird tech bros, the, the weird guys with like blonde hair spiked fucking the clouds um, and Gene Hackman just being wild. And also there wasn't stuff that annoyed me in this enough where I'm like, Oh, get on with it. I felt like it kept a pretty tight ship to get to the end. Like, I don't know. It just kind of kept moving for me.
1: Oh, like that's just like so wild to me. Like, I think I don't vibe with these type of movies, generally speaking. But I feel like for me, this movie, it's just like Will Smith is so dynamic and charismatic. And it's why he's able to have not just a film career, but a TV career. Uh, music career. I mean, eventually, he's his own brand. You know what I mean? Like, you'd watch documentaries about Will Smith. His wife's got a show where she just talks about them. And I just feel like it just utilized none of his charm in this.
2: I think, too, the movie, again, I would say this about Top Gun, I don't know if the actors are really the stars in Tony Scott films. Mm. They are in a way, but I agree with you guys that Will Smith is not batting at top level in this. He's kind of, yeah, he's kind of feels green. It feels like a step back, not as confident. His humor stripped from him and he has to like, go for like a little bit more dramatic role. But I also wonder if that's just a symptom too, of Tony Scott films where, top gun and all these not to say he doesn't have good performances in his films, but he has, um, uh, what's the word where it's like, not a adequate, adequate. Is that a word? Yeah. What's adequate. a word like adequate performances where it's just like, okay, they're just servicing the story. But, but again, I'd say that. And like, I'm thinking of all the Gene Hackman and Will Smith shenanigans and I'm like, but like, I it's not like a diehard where there's
1: like catchphrases that just like flow off your tongue from this movie you know what i mean and like i guess i could see what you say about tony scott like a top gun one of the biggest characters in that movie are the airplanes maybe the problem here is that the biggest character in this movie are like satellites and surveillance and like it's kind of there's nothing sexy about that as we're like a plane and a car and a train there's like they're fast they're sexy they're sleek
0: So, Top Gun is Tony Scott. Was Jerry Bruckheimer involved in that or no? Yeah. So, it's the same crew. Yeah. Same crew. And I mean, how many years apart? Top Gun's 80s. Yeah.
2: So,
0: like a decade. But what Top Gun had, which I don't believe this movie had, I mean, I don't think that from what I've seen, it does not have this. Top Gun, a 24 year old Tom Cruise who wasn't that big at the time Mm. said, I'll be in your movie, but you're going to let me rewrite this script. Mm. And Tom, that top gun has the Tom Cruise touch to it. Tom Cruise changed a shit ton of top gun in the four months or whatever that he got to do his rewrites on there and changed a bunch of shit. Will Smith did not take this movie and fucking rewrite it to be will smith size do you know what i mean and the parts it- that he
1: did put in like the cross-dressing part that's him and it doesn't fucking work in this movie
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah the deliveries uh, the, all the like humor is one like you said it's a little outdated but then two it, it just still doesn't land so he's saying like an outdated like problematic joke but it's just like the delivery and the timing wasn't even right and good i don't know none of it made sense um yeah the comedy didn't really really work in this from anyone like but then also jack black and all them were playing like straight laced characters
1: uh jack black was talking about how he wanted to fuck the maid because she doesn't shave
2: wait he said that
1: yes and okay here's the thing it was a pared down scene they said he went into like great detail about how he wants to fuck women who do not shave that
0: that's that must have been a nightmare. It's a fucking smell. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it yeah, smelled like that shit, fucking man. man.
2: What was up with the blender? Do you, were you guys not as perplexed by me? Like I, thought, yeah, I found,
0: found it to be the funniest part. I thought there was gonna be something more to it. I didn't. I, well, because like the, the they introduce stuff like you know the mobster stuff in the beginning to then mm-hmm. pay it off at the end for how he solves his problems so i was like yeah. is someone's hand getting put in that blender or something yeah. oh
1: that would have been dope
0: but yeah, the yeah blender, that wasn't eddie that's a literal <laughs> joke
1: <laughs> yeah i think i to me the greatest the biggest problem was this, just did not have like the will smith touch or vibe i think a problem with this movie is if you have like a Tom Cruise or you have a Matt Damon or whatever, you can just go straight with it. But I think it's very hard when you have like a Will Smith, you have a black actor in this movie with big government coming after him with all these white guys coming after him and just like none of it's about race. Like, I don't know. Like that's like, like I called an eggplant. He called himself that. I'm just saying I feel like that is a layer that if the director or the writers had also been black or of color, it would have been a part where they ha- they would have had to gone down that even just a hair. And I think it could have added another nuanced layer instead of just making it that just flat action thriller like government coming after the small guy, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like that was a the problem. There was, there's not a lot of onion layers to this movie. All
2: right. So that that brings me to something that I want to ask you guys. Then there was a part of me, and I don't. I want to be careful with how I phrase this or say anything because I feel like I slate it. I it easily misconstrued. Eric's
0: about to say Jews run the media.
1: Hey, <laughs> what?
2: Jesus Christ! You're being recorded. Um, yeah. um no that's not what i was gonna say what i was gonna say is while watching this something that i feel like it's a double-edged sword right because you're right they could have been like hey this is an interesting subject because we have not only a black man who's being like targeted but his, you know there's a black family there's there could be this whole race thing right There was a part of me that just kind of appreciated where it's just like, no, here's a black family in America, lawyers, they have a house, gift shopping, doing very normalized things. And yes, you can make the argument well, for certain people, it's not normal and like they have troubles and stuff that we don't see or whatever. So it's good to like bring those to light to make us more aware of it. If you're not aware of like the problems minorities face in America. But there was something refreshing where it's just like yeah this is just depicting a family and not to politicize like the race part of it if that makes any sense like there is something too refreshing about that just to be like can't they just be a, like a family that doesn't have to be like right like their race is not always put in question again it
1: is it's a, it's the, a ra- defining characteristic and i find it it to me it makes the movie less authentic and less genuine because that is a defining character so like, there's no way in hell this black guy became a lawyer owns this big ass house and probably an all-white neighborhood and it's fucking peachy keen to have the cop show up at that house it's peachy keen you know what i mean like that's just not real because like you could have done like another dynamic where maybe the neighbors aren't like helping him out or you know they're kind of like always have him on surveillance also like I just think it's just so inauthentic to act like he's a white guy and I think that's the problem they just acted like he was a white guy and he's not and I think it's just I think that's the problem when you have just such white casts and such white people behind the scenes and doing the writing is that they don't understand or care about those nuances. And it's like, Oh, but not everything has to be about race, but it's like, I don't know when you cast a black man in a movie, you also can't ignore that he's black.
2: Right. And I guess my point is like, but this is kind of like generic thriller. I don't know. Like can't, I, I, for them to not dive into that it's almost to be like well, why in independence they didn't dive yeah into why didn't they dive into it more in men in black this reminds me and... of a little why this is a more I mean, you don't think that's a this little isn't, like some deep fucking like drama no, but you this don't think it's like a like little a...
1: bit different like it's big government coming after a black man like the government that literally enslaved people it is these huge powerful entities in america coming after a successful black man i like you know men in black is about fucking aliens so you like you don't have to bring up race because you're literally bringing up like inner species like same with like independence day as with this movie i just think the subject matter that you're talking about about big government coming after an innocent successful black man and just to just whitewash it i just think it's like a missed opportunity i think it's missed nuance i think it could have i found this movie to be fucking boring and i think that would have at least been like an interesting take in
2: maybe i guess hmm what i would say then is I would say on the other side of it, is I think the film, every piece of art, oh my God, I can't believe we're getting into it, but every piece of art's political no matter what. I draw a picture of fucking, I don't know, like a red balloon and suddenly like someone can politicize that even though there's no meaning behind it. I think this movie's actually talking about all the things you're talking about, Lily, without having to say it. It's what you're grabbing from it because you're right. It's fucking John Voigt, stuffy John Voigt. It's this white team coming after a black guy who has this tape. And they'll do anything to get it. Maybe the movie doesn't even have to say it, though. They don't have to be like,
1: "I don't think they thought that."
2: Like, I feel like you could take everything you are saying from this movie too, if you wanted to, like.
1: But I think the problem is that they didn't think it. Like, if you had a Jordan Peele directing something like this, that's gonna be at the forefront. You know what I mean? He'll have at least thought about it, even if he doesn't voice it like in plain text in the movie. It's tangible, it's there, it's a part of the story. As were this one, like there's no way Tony Scott fucking thought about right.
0: it. Right. So yeah, but that's the thing. Do you really want Tony Scott touching those issues? Like, shouldn't he just he's making it his movie? Like, I could understand if you want to make that movie not hiring Tony Scott, but no, I don't I think just, they were out to make that No, movie. I think that's
1: the problem with having a lack of diversity. In writers' rooms, in directors, is that you do miss like great nuances in movies that you could have. Like that could have been an entire layer in this movie that maybe I wouldn't have found it as boring. But when you don't have anyone in the writers' room that even looks like some of the actors, when you don't have You know, I'll take a long shot. People in the casting room that don't look like your actors, people behind the cameras. I think, you know, how much is that a problem for people of color in the film industry to just like constantly be directed and written by white guys?
0: Right. Well, I think we. I think it's gotten better.
1: I mean, (laughs) it could get. Even better. That's all I'm saying. I is I you just made
0: 1998.
2: You know, I was like,
1: <laughs> okay, but like I don't. know, It's important. It's like an important context.
2: I I agree. I, it is important to put that in context, and because you want these to be
1: mainstream movies. Like you know, Bad Boys is a great movie, but like I think people look at Bad Boys as like a black movie. Like I feel like Enemy of the State. This is like a mainstreamed, whitewashed movie. And it's like, how cool would it have been if you had just even anyone in the writer's room who was of color and was just like, oh, we should now that we have him casted, we should like add this layer. We should add his charm. We should add his charisma to this role, because if you're not utilizing the actors that you're casting in your movie, why the fuck did you cast him? You know,
2: dude, he's a he's a megastar. He is hot to trot. He just did men in black. You're going to put him in your fucking enemy of the state dead center. Of
1: course. But that's but I think that's what I'm saying is like you have someone like that. You got them fucking utilize them for everything that they are as opposed Uh, to try
0: and put them in a cookie cutter. So so, but here's the thing. So David Marconi writes this, right? He's he's a white dude. And then he they're like, okay, we're going to make it. And he's like, okay, I'm a white dude that wrote this. Yeah. As a white dude that wrote this. Yeah, that's fine. And then they're like, all right, cool. Let's get Will Smith. And then it's like, okay, let's make the movie. And so w- what do you do? You have to then get a, a black writer to come write it because, well, like, is, you know, I think I mean? the problem like,
1: is one, they should already be in the room black writers
0: but he just he just wrote it but
1: he didn't i told you at the top of this there were four people in the early promotion slated as writers on this like and no one writes a movie or a tv show in a vacuum you have like a staff you have a writing team i'm just saying those people should already be in the room and fuck yeah tom cruise was always rewriting his movies if you thought the script was shit he'd go in there and be like I'm getting a writer. They definitely could have been like, oh, we're getting Will Smith. You know what? We got to hire someone to punch this up a little bit because this isn't giving enough like good Will Smith beats. This isn't giving enough of the skills also, he has to bring to the you table. You also don't
2: want to box him in too. Like, I like that. Like, Even though it's not him at his best, and I think he's going to have more dramatic, more serious stuff that's like way better than this. I kind of like that. It's like he doesn't have to do the shtick for Men in Black to make this movie work or, you know, the charisma. And yes, I agree. It's lacking in this. And you're kind of like, whatever he is doing, maybe isn't a hundred, but I I would not suggest that like, Oh, get what he's doing in his previous stuff to make this work. I think what he's doing is fine. It's just not, he's not batting at his best.
1: But like, I think that's because get what makes Will Smith tick. You know, it was a good scene in this movie when he was fucking pissed at his law partners talking about his affair and he fucking yelled at them it's like you know maybe that's the tony scott thing he should have directed him just being like dude your family is coming apart you literally your wife like everything you worked for like you are a black man you made it up this high into society your kids going to have such like a good start like he could have played so much more of this movie with like an urgency a fear um uh you know like oh man i feel like i've been watched my whole life type shit you know what i mean like i feel like they could have taken his emotions further and i don't always think you know what i mean like he does do more dramatic roles in the future and he is capable of them and i feel like this one they let him be lukewarm on his emotions when they should have been like lean in harder. Like Regina King, her emotions were dead on.
0: All right. Well, coming up in the next movies, you want something that's problematic for uh, Will Smith being a black person. The uh, was it legend of Bagger Vance? I think it's two away. So that'll be like probably the most problematic one that we
2: watch. You know, Something we can maybe all agree on. I don't know if we're all gonna agree on this. Uh, but this, that the next
0: one is gonna suck ass.
2: Boy, oh wild, wild west? Yeah. Is that the next one? Holy yeah. shit. Listen. I'm I have no memory. I mean, I do have a memory of seeing it in Spain, it which recently. we'll get into. But I'm excited got, for that
1: one because we're gonna sing the whole time.
2: Hell yeah. Uh, Enemy of the state for me represents a classic dad movie and whatever, if that's a lame expression, it's a lame expression, but dad movies are usually just kind of like generic and like whatever thrillers that you can pop on. Uh, and Fall asleep can, too, wake back up too. Exactly. Exa- no, no, that's a hundred percent. This is a Sunday you put on, you're eating leftovers from Saturday and you're watching it. Or Friday. Yeah, or Friday. <laughs> yeah, or who knows? Thursday. Or Monday. <laughs> They're a little old. But you got to get rid of them. Uh, But this is just a classic. It, it just is a dad movie. These are the vibes of like, we are catering to a, to a certain sect of people who uh, have families and want to dream of being like Will Smith and running around and getting chased by the government. So that's what I think this movie falls into. Um, and again, Tony Scott is someone to me where he purposely, like this dude came from like a fine arts background and he purposely makes the top guns of the world's the enemy of the states of the world because he took all this action schlock, the unstoppables of the world, which we did see in theater, Chris Pine, Denzel uh, Washington, on a train that could not be stopped. I'm
1: still mad about that movie.
2: <laughs> Dude, that movie, believe it or not, look on film sites and like start Googling in the internet is I being he like did the other hailed one. it as like a masterpiece of cinema. Unstoppable. Okay, those
1: people are fucking drunk.
2: But because Tony Scott, I think, is someone who had this pretentious background, and wanted to do schlocky movies, but he adds enough, whether it's the camera placement, what lenses they're using. Oh, yeah, dude, I didn't even talk about how this ties into everything else. Dan Mendel shot this. You know what else Dan Mindell shot? He shot Mission Impossible 3 with Tom Cruise. J.J. Abrams wanted Dan Mendel to shoot Mission Impossible 3 because he saw Enemy of the State. He's like, I want my Mission Impossible to look like Enemy of the State. Dan Mendel, people, there's a connection here. I forget what my other connections are. Um, But I guess at the end of the day, for what it is, generic thriller, people running around chasing the every man who's got the thing and people are going to die at the end. It worked for me. I'm on board. And I think it worked better than something like The Firm. I think Tom Cruise is actually worse in The Firm than Will Smith is an enemy of the state. I'll say that. Uh, I just feel like this is like a more enjoyable movie. It might be nostalgia. It might be. We were just obsessed with Will Smith, but I did enjoy this rewatch. Oh, I
1: thought like I wrote at the end of this worst film so far.
2: Like, worse than six. I would watch this before six degrees of separation. Oh, Honestly, yeah. I would watch hell six yeah.
1: degrees of separation before this because Will's at least doing something.
0: I'd watch this before Independence Day. Oh, oh yeah,
1: dude.
2: I'd watch this over Independence Day. <laughs> I, found, I
1: feel like there are just so many movies just like this that do it better that this is, there's just like no reason for this movie to exist. There are so many of these dad films that exist and they're just a little more action packed. They're just a little bit better. I feel like this fades to the back so quickly. It's never on as a rerun because no one gives a fuck about watching it. It's not good. Will Smith in it. It's, a storyline that like I don't know is just so generic worst movie so far at least the other ones Independence Day there's some catchphrases Um, Six Degrees of Separation it's at least just like odd this is just like shoo
2: I mean, did you see the shot of Will Smith in the white like, um, bathrobe running down the tunnel in Maryland or wherever it was and how it was shot and the ferocity and the neon lights of it? I don't know. Like To me, that's still in my mind. Again, that might be a shot from the trailer. I know it's a shot from the trailer. But I'll just, tell like, you, I think the robe him. was a
1: cop-out.
2: Oh, to not just have him in his boxers?
1: Yeah, like I think it was silly. <laughs> <laughs> that he had like a robe on, and I had this problem in bad boys also where like he didn't want to be shirtless and it's like you're running for your fucking life like you give a fuck about modesty like I just I didn't vibe with it
2: damn all right well look we're gonna have to we're gonna disagree on some of these movies
1: Eric's gonna beat the shit out of me
2: <laughs> I am livid yeah. no totally fine enemy of the state you know it's got some stuff in it what Isn't can it i miss i
1: want to hear i want to hear what do other people think did you guys like enemy of the state or did you find it boring like i i find it so surprising that you two liked it so much and i found it so boring So like i wonder how like other people fall on the scope of it
2: i mean uh, yeah, that's a good question. I feel like I talked with this with some someone in my friend group who really liked it and was quoting it a lot. Um, but again, it might just be a specific demographic who can get behind this horseshit. So um, maybe that's it.
0: All right. So we got what's next? Wild Wild, Wild, Wild West. It's gonna be awful.
2: We're going straight.
0: We've really I've fucking seen this recently. I'm like I'm kind of. I'm like really dreading this one. We did yeah, watch this it recently and it was not it's ba- it's, good. this might be one where maybe we invite somebody to make fun of it with
2: us.
1: Oh wow, you wanna like ruin someone else's day?
2: Maybe Giel <laughs> Will Geel enjoy it. Yeah. We'll see. But-, you- but I re- I think I think Kevin Klein is gonna be exhausting in this yeah. fucking movie. Like it's gonna be exhausting because what I remember of it, and I've only seen it once in Spanish in Spain. But, well, what I remember is I think Kevin Klein is supposed to be funny, too. So it's like mm-hmm. Will Smith yeah. is funny and Kevin Klein's funny and, yeah,
0: and Lily, I know you're looking for for more you know for for more blackness in these movies, and yeah. I think you're gonna get it with um wild wild west in the in the sense that you're going to hear a lot of lines just like oh you never seen a black sheriff before you know things like that I think, at least
1: i, honest. Think, that,
0: I think you're going to be seeing a lot more that probably a, a joke about how he's got a big ding dong
2: between his
1: whoa, 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 legs too yeah
2: no music for enemy of the state he didn't do an enemy of the what state what
1: fucking thing. rap would he have done for enemy of the state
2: and like his New music's all
1: fun. You have to have a fun movie to go with the songs.
2: He could have done something. No, do? no. Welcome
1: to Maryland. Like I just
2: looked it up. Gene Hackman did a song. <laughs> no, he
1: did That's not real. true. Is it?
2: <laughs> Gene Hackman did a song for it. Also, how does Gene Hackman look better than he did in the firm? <laughs> like he looks <was> so <laughs> fucked up. Was in he the in firm? the firm? Yeah, he was the guy eating eating. potato salad. (laughs) Eating,
1: damn, he did look okay in this one. All
0: right,
2: (laughs) Wild Wild West is up next. All right, Um, bye guys.